Fan Morning Show, SportsCenter 590, The Fan, Fan Ennis, Brent Gunning. By the way, text line is open, 590-590. Blue Jays with a day off today, and then a three-game series against the Yankees, who have been eliminated, uh, and Aaron Judge is womp, upset. Womp. Uh, and the- I'm happy, just to, just to clarify. Aaron Judge upset, Brent Gunning happy. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I listen. I, I I talked about this last week on JD Bunkus's show. Thought you guys had a wonderful chat. Thank you. That I not this, not wonderful enough to be late for our breakfast meeting, <laughs> but wonderful that, nonetheless. That did happen. But that the Yankees. It's fun to like see a season like this for the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it wouldn't be that fun to see a half decade of the Yankees being in a, a, a relevant franchise and also ran as, as, as a team that was not involved in the playoff discussion at all from the start of the season to the end. I would hate for my child to not have the experience of growing up hating the Yankees. Right. And you wouldn't hate them if they just were bad all the time. So, yes, I am with you. I love seeing them struggle. Mm-hmm. Aaron Boone being angry in purgatory, having to manage this bad Yankees team and seemingly being incredibly frustrated, yet enjoying it at the same time. I don't really understand how that's working. Don't think he's going to have to worry about it. Uh, don't. I would love him to just be stuck in perpetuity doing that. So I have thoroughly enjoyed this. But you're right. You do need them to pop their heads up and be good so that I can yeah. enjoy the misery again. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, maybe maybe they can have consecutive miserable years. But yeah, as, as miserable as that team last year felt like, they won a hundred games. <laughs> they won a postseason series. Wouldn't we kill for that? The uh, detestable hundred win team. Anyways, all right. Um, yeah, it, it's a small uh, menu of Major League Baseball games today, but like the out of town scoreboard watching is going to be uh, very important for the Blue Jays as the Rangers are in Anaheim to play the Angels, Astros. And Mariners playing their own series as well. The Blue Jays start uh, their final homestand of the season tomorrow. Let's talk to our pal, Kevin Barker of Blair and Barker. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, boys. What's up? How we doing? How's the new show? That's good. How you guys doing? I imagine you've been listening since 6 o'clock. You tell me. Uh, yeah, well, I couldn't <laughs> wait to get up at 5.52 That's right. to prepare myself for your guys' show. So, that, yeah, I've been tuning in. It's been great. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Almost believe you. Yeah, I know. I I, uh, I, I I know you're my biggest fan. All right, so uh, Blue Jays, t- <laughs> <laughs> they take four to six. You nailed it. Which, uh, which one of us do you tolerate more, me or Ben? That's the real question, Kevin. I, look, I enjoy you equally. How, how nice. about that? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, All right. we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll pretend that's a compliment. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, here's a compliment. Blue Jays might be playing their best baseball of the season. Um, you know, maybe that's damning with faint praise, but I don't know, taking four to six against division rivals on the road in series, you got to win, trying to punch your ticket to the postseason. Like, what if I, I told you this is the Blue Jays team that we were waiting for all season long? How accurate would I be? Yeah, maybe. I Look, I, I think uh, a couple of months ago, if you would have told me that in one of the biggest series of the year, two of the three games, your starter stunk uh, and you still had a chance of winning both games, I would have called you crazy. Like, that's sort of where they're at now because of the length and the quality of stuff that they have when John can go to whoever John wants to go to whenever he takes the ball from the starter. And, you know, we've been yelling and screaming about this all year. If you can get the lineup – I'm not talking about one through nine. I don't, I don't. I don't think they're capable for me anyway. Watching them every single day to get on a roll one through nine, where they're just tough outs and boy, you really got to attack their weakness. You got to add and subtract, man. You you, you can't be uh, throwing some things in some spots. And then boys are gonna go back Lake City. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. So, you know, I think when Springer. 
you know, is hammering baseballs and setting the tone that way. And we know what Vladdy, you know, the, the lineup can look like when he's doing those kind of things and hitting balls. And, you know, Vladdy sort of right now looks like he's in one of those spots where he gets a pitch, you're watching the game, you're thinking to yourself, man, he should be hammering that. And he's starting to hammer that. So, you know, I think he's in a sort of a nice spot when it comes to mechanics and mental and not overthinking it, which, you know, boy, you got khakis going one ear, khakis going out the other ear. You know, it's, it's, you know, and then you got 15 coaches trying to solve, you know, what, what's ailing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You meet everybody meet in the middle. It seems like everybody's in the middle and, He's starting to get the foot down. Varsho, like, he's doing some things, right? Matt Chapman had a big stolen base yesterday, st- staying out of the double play because we know Kirky hits the ball on the ground. It's turtle-like. So, it's, you know, I think they're just pushing sort of the right buttons at the right time. And, you know, again, you watch the game, it looked like they believe. I, that, that sounds simple, and that's not real good analysis. But, you know, I think that's half the battle. When you believe that you're really good and you can go on the road against a good team and actually have a chance to beat them, if you do everything right and not beat yourself, I think there's something to that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think you're spot on when it comes to they're playing their best baseball, especially the way the lineups look the last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, let's let's drill down on Vladdy specifically, right? I mean, we've talked a lot. I mean, I remember conversations in the last couple of years, you know, especially when he made the move permanently to first base, even saying, ah, he's really improving at first base. And then that confidence can help him at the plate. I always rolled my eyes at that a little bit. But how can him having the at-bats he's having not lead to the confidence? And you mentioned all the voices that are around. I mean, everyone on, and it's not just this team it's it's across major league baseball there's tons of coaches there's tons of khakis all of that but with a guy like vladdy i would imagine him being able to have this success and and have the big moments that he's had lately maybe allows him to just kind of not stop listening to those voices but just quiet them down a little bit and get back to the approach that kind of made him be the guy that has us talking about them the the way we do like do you think the success he's had in this little run lately can allow him to just kind of ease back and just be more of the kind of natural talent we we think of him as yeah i think that's i think there's a little something to that look i i think it just doesn't happen because yeah I, I think because we saw him on i don't know if you guys remember that time we were showing him on the field or doing early work with Guillermo yeah. martinez and oh yeah and he came out and was saying that it was more direction and trying to keep the shoulder square and i'm thinking about hitting a line drive to right center i want to see if it has any run to it any tail to it you know if it's backspinning if it's straight like i i think for me once you start visualizing success it just sort of translates between the years. And then ever since then, I think he just seems to be, you know, starting a little bit sooner in an athletic position a little bit sooner. Like everything's in tune when the foot go, the hands go. He gets in the good separation, which all really good hitters, you know, have to have. There's a little bit of pause. It's not rushed. It's right when the front foot hits the ground, you recognize what pitch it is. You recognize where it's at in the strike zone. You have that little pause to where I'm swinging at it. Like I want to make a positive move towards the baseball. And it just looks to me like it's effortless. He's not thinking about it. And those two things for me allows him to get to his big finish where, you know, the last couple of games when he's been hitting the homers, you can see that he gets to the finish. It just doesn't look like he's trying to get to it and that's a huge deal for elite guys because that will tell you that they're it's free and easy i'm seeing ball out of the hand everything's working the way it's supposed to be working i'm driving down and through it i got a level swing you know as level as vladdy can make it i'm hitting line drives because i hit it so hard the park can't hold it so yeah i think that's a huge deal and you know maybe george springer Mm. 
Yeah, I called him out on Friday. It's mm. it's you know you 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 got dropped 150, right? You can't you can't have a bad April, bad July, and then a bad last couple of weeks going six for 30, and everybody jumping up and down saying, "Oh, it's so nice you're playing 145 plus games." Yeah, I don't care. Like I I want him to do what he did in those three games: a home run, the six RBIs. That's what I want him to do. I want him to hit a, a inside the Parker. That's why they gave him 150 million dollars. So the Davis Schneiders and the Santiago Espinals and the Cavan Biggios don't have to do it. So it's kind of nice to watch that leading off. And, you know, it looks like Bo, too. Whenever Bo starts ambushing, ambushing, you know, definition can be a couple of different things. But whenever you see him, you know, mechanically thinking about clearing the hips, getting the foot down, standing a little taller so he can get the head out and pull something, Bo don't got tremendous power the other way. He's not going to backspin a bunch of home runs to right center, right field. For him to hit a home run, late in the game, you got to be thinking about clearing them, getting the head out, thinking about that imaginary plate out in front of the real one. So when them three dudes are going, man, look, you you know, as long as you're John Snyder and you're making the right choice going mm. to the pen because mm. of the way the pen is, everything should fall in place because you got a lot of talent. And most of the time, you, you can out-talent people, and I think this time of the year, that's what you're you're sort of banking on. All right, so you, you mentioned John Schneider and his bullpen decision. Boy, I knew you couldn't wait to ask mm, me this, could I, you? No, listen, I got all the time in the world for John Schneider, and I think, honestly, his even keel demeanor after the, the four-game sweep of the hands of the Rangers, like, that's that's beneficial. It's it's obviously, the proof is in the pudding. They sweep the, the Red Sox, they take four to six on this road trip, but, I mean, a number of times I have questioned, well, not just, uh, bullpen management, in-game management, but over the weekend, and and Jordan Romano has earned the benefit of the doubt. He's been spectacular this season. Anybody that's that's talking about him being like a roller coaster ride, like that's that's the nature of the beast. When you're in a three-run game in the ninth inning, it's it's never easy. He's been one of the best at converting save opportunities. But clearly, the whether the fingernail was was impacting the velocity or the location, like it was obviously on his mind, Kevin. Like he just kept looking at it. Um, the idea that that he he needs to be out there for the final at bat of of that half inning, and I understand that it's only continuing because of a, a near miss and a, a review overturn. I mean, mm. I, I, we talked about it earlier. It 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 did feel like a situation where no one's going to fault you for for lifting the guy before the the twenty seventh out there. What did you make of the decision making on Saturday? I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he, he's been 36 games between blown saves. I mean, he's 36 oh, out he's of 40 in save opportunities. But he didn't look right. Uh, well, I mean, his stuff was the same, right? I mean, uh, for me, the only thing that John Snyder did that I thought maybe he should have thought about doing was Josh Lowe. You walk the left, you get to the righty. Manuel Margot. Right. Margot was 0 for 4 in a game. He'd punched out like, you know, he didn't look real comfortable at the plate. He's a righty. Like, you got a guy on the mound that throws 100 miles an hour. Well, who cares if the bases are loaded? The dude's at third. That's the guy, only guy that matters. And if I can give myself a better chance of getting away with a mistake – I would take my chances against the righty and not the lefty. But again, this is you got to have the feel for your room. You go to you go to George Romano and say I'm taking you out this time of the year, and his stuff looks the same. You're going to lose Jordan Romano, and that's a big deal. Uh, yeah, hockey guys talk about that all the time. <laughs> Boy, you got to have your back. How dare you? We don't do that. You walk up and punch a guy in the face and tell him to you know get his thing out of his derriere let's go get out there if you do if you took jordan romano out of that game john snyder and jordan romano's relationship is going to not be real good and you need that relationship right now to be 
good, at least adequate enough that you hand the ball to him, he's excited about taking it. You take the ball from him, he's not going to like that. And that's a big deal this time of the year, especially your main guys. You take it from Jimmy Garcia, you run out there and can't grab it fast enough. But it's Jordan Romano, right? I mean, I was getting a bunch of DMs on my Instagram about what's he doing. Uh, mm. John's the worst. It's like... <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to point, point the finger at some certain games that John didn't do things right, pinch running for people, taking a guy out too soon in Yankee Stadium, you know, leaving a guy in too long in Bassett, okay. But how about the other 85 games that he made the lineup out to where people are yelling and screaming about Kevin Biggio hitting third or or hitting cleanup? How's that working out? Like the, Sometimes you got to – you know, you're riding your best dudes, and this is sort of the thing. Again, you want to argue and point the finger that he pitched to the lefty? Yeah, I'm in that camp. But to say that you're going to run out there and take the ball from your closer when you've already been out there and he basically said, beat it. I'm okay. They knew this going in. Like, this happened the day before. Like, yeah. this wasn't a surprise. And the velocity was still there. The break on the slider was still there. Do you hold your breath when Jordan comes in? Absolutely. Because he abuses one of the two pitches, right? It's not a consistent, okay, I got 98, I'm going to use that. Now, I like my slider, I'm going to throw it if my even if my fastball is really good. So, it's just the nature of the game. It's They took two out of three. Could they have swept the race? Yeah. Sometimes I think that's wishful thinking, right? You got to remember, too, Ray's pretty good. They're going to take advantage of, you know, some early woes that allows a lefty to get to the plate. And, you know, he didn't hit that hard. That's some bad luck, but it's just how he got to it, the optics of it, you know, why they're pitching it to him. Yeah, I can give you that. But to actually say, walk out there and take the ball from it, boy, good luck. Good man, luck. Man, you really? Better you and me. <laughs> You really jujitsued us with the hockey guy of it all. I, 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 you immediately said that, and I just capitulated because you're right. You could not do that. You would lose that guy in in that spot. You know, yeah. uh, when we talk about pitching, so much of it this this season has been the rotation, and honestly, outside of Manoa, we just haven't really talked about it because it's been far from a concern. It's been great at various times. You're starting to see some guys as the season wears on. I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's uh, as Kikuchi said the other day that he just wasn't getting enough rest. But uh, you've seen you've seen with Kikuchi, uh, you know, he's kind of and I don't want to make it seem like he's fallen off the face of the earth, but it's just he hasn't been quite the guy he was around the all-star break. You know, even Kevin Gosman has has his blip since then. Where's your level of confidence with the starting rotation? And that's not in comparison to other teams. I still you I still think you take this rotation above just about any any other. But where are you at on on this group and then maybe fatiguing a little as the season goes on? Uh, Yeah, it's like you say, I mean, uh, look, all the changes he's made mechanically uh the things he's able to do to get to a consistent finish that's what it, that's what it's not right it's when you get tired you've thrown a lot you're facing a good team there's a bunch of righties uh the fastball command arm side's not working it's got run anytime you see a dude that throws a four seamer all the time and it starts running He's not finishing his pitch. It's like Alec Manoa. If you guys remember right, he, he tried to throw four seamers when he was going through his thing because the two seamer he couldn't keep in the zone. Four seamers running all over the place, and you can remember him falling off to the first base side as, as bad as he was. He ain't finishing his pitch. It's like a hitter. I talk about this all the time with Jeff on our show. Don't look at how a hitter starts. Look how they finish. A pitcher is no different. You have to get to the finish to allow the ball to carry and go where you you want it to go and it just seems like you say for whatever reason it's just not whether he's overthrowing it whether he's trying too hard he's a trier 
Let's not be honest. Uh, he he really thinks about every single thing. Basically, he's trying to sleep his way through not having to think about baseball. You laugh, but <laughs> it's true. So th- that's sort of, I think, where he's at. Ryu, I don't know really what you expected to get from him, right? It's No. I mean, he's flipping it up there. If it ain't flipping right and it ain't, you know, having late break and he ain't changing the speeds and the, and the changeup doesn't have great arm speed and the, and the velocity on the fastball combined with the location is not perfect. Yeah, I say it has to be perfect because it's 87, 88, right? I mean, if it was 91, he could get away with some things because of the variance in velocities. That's not there. So I just don't know exactly what we expect from those two guys. Gosman's pitched a ton. I mean, he's got a lot of mileage on an arm he's got two pitches not really yeah. worried about him Barrios look he's a spin first guy when you're a spin first guy occasionally you're going to get off that you're going to lose feel of that you're going to f- not feel it off the fingers you know the and then that's going to carry over to the two seamer and the four seamer uh Bassett look he's needy man like it's boy you're going to work through everything you need to work through there's a reason why he's grabbing balls chucking them like he's trying to play mental games with hitters. It ain't because the balls ain't no good. I mean, they're rubbing them up just like they rub them up everywhere else. But that's the little games this time of the year that we talk about on our show all the time. You can't teach experience, man. Like when you ain't feeling something, grab a ball. That thing looks a little too white. Let me chuck that in the fourth <laughs> row. And I'll do that like 15 <laughs> times in a row just because I want to gather myself and I want to play a little game or two with the dude standing in the plate. It's genius. So, do I like the three guys up front? Absolutely. I'll take them all day and twice on Sunday. The other two guys, look, you're holding your breath. Will they get a start in the playoffs? Probably not in the first round. You move on to the second round, yeah, you're going to have to use four of the five. So the rotation's been really good, but I will say this. I, I think the the Jordan Hicks factor at something. And, and, you know, they have enough guys down there that, that, you know, that you can go to in key moments. You got a couple lefties down there. You got one sank and you got one that throws 98. I mean, it's just amazing how when these dudes come over from other teams and can't throw strikes and now all of a sudden they're locating and dominating people and they're efficient. Well, I might say a little something about the pitching coach you got here, but. They got enough horses there that if George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and then whoever else wants to show up to the party can do something, they got enough for me anyway, not to win a World Series, but to put a little pressure on some better teams that thinking, hey, you better play good or we're going to maybe sneak this out and, and make a little run at it. Mm. Uh, before I let you go. And by the way, th- I learned something, I, as I always do talking to you, but I learned something that despite the fact that you're not on X or, or Twitter, that you can be reached via Instagram DMs, which guaranteed I will now make I can bl- a habit. I can I can block you, just so you know. <laughs> right. They do have block on that DM <laughs> right, thing. So okay. right. if it gets I'm out of control. To. I'm going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon Belt, is. Uh, he was on the trip, and he's working his way back, and I, I mean, he's been one of the, the best Blue Jays hitters all season long and it has been a, a, an integral part to, to this Blue Jays team's success. But, boy, you know, it, it, you need to hit the ground running and, and it means that you're taking somebody out of the lineup and it might be a – I mean, I guess it might be a Whit Merrifield here, which, I mean, he, he came up with a, a pretty big at-bat yesterday. Would you be throwing Brandon Bell back into the lineup as soon as he's healthy? Oh, look, I don't know if you guys remember the way he looked when the timing issues when he first came back and he looked like he'd never had a bat in his hand and saw a ball out of a pitcher's hand before. Right. 
And the next six games, right, you're going to need that. And the one thing for me is, you know, you take him in a cage, you throw the iron mic up, you run that thing up to 105, 110 miles an hour, see if you can get the head out. If he can do that consistently and hit the top right-handed corner of the batting cage, yeah, you throw him out there. That's what that's all about. Can you hit a fastball? Like, if that, if you can do that and you think he batches up, because that's what you guys know, that's what we're going to do here, right? It's bat pass, and it's, you know, uh, he got a little uppercut. He sits in his swing. They don't like throwing the elevated fastball. Uh, that's a good matchup for him. So I think with those two factors – if he shows them that, you know, first he can get the head out on a little something that's got some hair on it. Yeah, I look, he's a veteran guy this time of the year. The, the bright lights is not going to bother him. And David Schneider, you know, we love him. But oh, maybe you. there's a reason why we've Wait never heard of David Schneider no, before. No, stop it. Are you serious? You're already out on David Schneider? Because, I mean, it's 0 for 30 does stand out. No, no. It's going to say no, already. No. no, no. I'm not out. I'm not out on David Schneider. But there's six games left. You know, you probably have to win four of the six. No, you or you have to split. David Schneider right now oozing confidence that you can't wait to put him in the cleanup spot or in the five hole. Not for me. And no. that's not his fault. That's not his fault. You know, that, that's a GM that... Didn't have a cleanup hitter and doesn't have enough depth, and now you bring guys up, which is a great story. I love it. I root for him. I was David Schneider trying to be that. But this time of the year, when you're facing the elite guys, the other teams that are trying to do the exact same thing with you, Mm -hmm. you fix one weakness, they're going to try and figure out what another one is. And when you got multiple ones – and it's tough to cover both, and you're trying to not only help your team because they throw you in the cleanup spot, but you're also trying to stay a big leaguer. Yeah, You two try and figure that out and accomplish that. It's not the easiest thing to do. No, it seems hard. Um, and, yeah, he's making it look hard. Well, it looks hard, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> recently. <laughs> uh, Barker, always great, pal. Uh, expect my DM shortly. Yeah, I mean, take your chances, buddy. That's all you can do. Take your chances. He works with Blair, like the king of blocks. Yeah. Careful. <laughs> all right, see you, man. Uh, have fun, boys. See you. See ya. Kevin Barker of Blair and Barker. He had me. He was making some great points until he decided to throw dirt on poor David Schneider. Oh, I thought I thought you just, and I know he uses it, but every time I hear the word Instagram mm-hmm. escape Kevin Barker's <laughs> lips, I just, I need a minute. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's not on Twitter as far as we know. But, yeah, you can uh, reach him on uh, Instagram. Um, So, yeah, David Schneider, I I was actually going to bring up David Schneider Mm -hmm. because he only played in half of the games over the the road trip here. And and clearly with the Blue Jays facing nothing but righties, there's a a very distinct possibility. Like, honestly, you Mm -hmm. don't see David Schneider or you see him very sparingly the rest of the season because you got to go with who's hot right now. And it must be said, David Schneider is not hot right now because not only is it an over 30 (laughs) not only is it an over 30 there's a bunch of strikeouts in Mm -hmm. there and the walks haven't been there the way they were in his previous cold spell still got that mustache though i I, i'm i'm not out on david schneider i my my support of david schneider schneider is unwavering in Mm. in the process even through the course of this over 30 stretch there have been long at bats there have been bad calls Mm -hmm. there have been line drives Finding gloves. Did I ever think David Schneider was like a thousand OPS or a nine hundred OPS right. or maybe even an eight fifty OPS guy? Probably not. Did I ever think he would hit three hundred? No, I didn't because no, I think in the in the did he. well in in the minor leagues he's a career two fifty hitter, but he's also like a career three eighty on base percentage guy with a bunch of home runs. Do I think that's what he is ultimately in the major leagues? Like, do I think he's kind of 
hey, honestly, it's weird because they are so different body-wise, like Adam Dunn type, where it's either walk, strikeout, (laughs) home run, by and large with David Schneider. I kind of think that's the the type of bat profile that you're looking at going forward and that, that, you know what, that lends you to going through the occasional cold stretch. And when you go through a hot stretch yeah. like he was on, obviously this was coming. I'm not coming off my David Schneider take that he is a legit major leaguer and part of the Blue Jays' plans going forward. When you say legit major leaguer, everyday guy, that's where you're where you're looking at? I don't, I don't discount the possibility of, of him being, being an everyday guy, especially with the positional versatility. We've seen him sparingly in left field, but he's played some, some left yep. field in, in AAA. I don't know. He didn't look at a place at second base. Has made all the the plays that you needed him to make. I I don't. I wonder how the Blue Jays go at it in 2024 because I don't think even as well as Kevin Biggio has, has looked mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. I don't think you go into a season where you're going to have the same type of expectations no. and even fewer years remaining of team control of Vlad and Bo with. Kevin Biggio penciled in as an everyday player or David Schneider, but the possibility exists that both of those guys, Hey, you know who does this pretty well? Tampa Bay Rays. Both of those guys get like 500 plate appearances. Yeah, you're, you're right. If they, if this is the Rays, we just don't even think about it. It's part of the machine and they just continue to go about it. I think the way you end up with one of those guys or the platoon of them, or however you want to look at it, playing a lot next year is, them effectively prioritizing third base over second base there because that is still going to be a position. Now, you know, we know there's internal options. Martinez, Barger, I don't think they just go hand the keys to to any of those guys. But I think that's how it plays out is them looking at other options and striking out or maybe not getting exactly what they want. And then they uh, they kind of back into uh, BGO Schneider kind of second base. Yeah, those are those are not bad backup options or or at least, you know, assets to have. Um, Before we take the break, I I do want to... Go back to what Barker mentioned mm. about the Romano decision-making on Saturday. God, he put me in such a box. I'm well, like, well, he, he hockey-guyed me. He knew his audience very well. Boy, did he. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, whenever you you talk about the hockey mentality the of room. you don't want to lose a guy, yeah, that's, that's a convincing argument. And honestly, one I hadn't put too much thought into because I do... While it are while it is human beings right. participating in the sporting event on the field, this sport more than any other, it is it's kind of it's more plug and play and it's more looking at the numbers and yeah. But I, I know sometimes I go too far on that, and I don't discount the possibility that that is maybe not a relationship hampering thing. If John Schneider says I don't care, like you're coming out of this game, but like a confidence thing, like maybe Jordan Romano says. Look at everything I've done. For, yeah, look at all everything I've done for this team. How successful I've been this season, and you don't trust me when I tell you I'm the guy for the job. That being said, I would have taken him out. Yeah, he was not the man too. for the job. I would have too. I would have uh, as well. But that is that was important for Barker to kind of check us on because that is there. There, that's it's also not any reliever. You like he said, if that's Garcia, right. you sprint out there and you throw him out of the game. You right. ask for the ump to get him out of there yourself. But with Romano, you know, it's a respect thing. It's the order of the or it's the point of the game. It's the save thing. It's all that stuff. Well, so. it's projecting forward to the final yep. six games of the regular season and maybe the postseason where he was on the mound for one of the most disappointing endings mm-hmm. to a Blue Jays postseason game yep. in their uh, franchise's history. Uh, this quick one for you on, on Jays, this Eden character. Mm-hmm. Guy who scored Cam the Eden. Yeah. Do you uh, want to find a spot for him on your postseason roster? I, I think there's, I mean, this is what's hilarious about this wild card round, that there are only three games, mm-hmm. minimum of two, and the the rosters allow you to carry way more pitchers than you're ever going <laughs> to need. Ever going to need. I think what you're seeing is a clear 
decision being made by this Blue Jays front office that that's the way they're going to go. They did this in 2015. Yeah. Dalton Pompey was not going to play. Officer Pompey. That's right. Uh, yeah, he's in Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Um, no, he Better was watch a, out if you're yeah. driving around Berlin. <laughs> he was never going to play unless there was a pinch run opportunity or, or maybe yeah. a, as a defensive replacement and pretty large moment in the game. Uh, I'd say he got in. Yeah, yeah it was a pretty <laughs> crucial moment that he was in the game. Um, I think it's an incredible asset to have a guy who's what 58 stolen bases caught stealing like twice all season in, in like the minor that. leagues. It's it's something you can 100% use. I'm 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 excited to see him deployed in in what fashion. You know, he maybe he gets a Dave Roberts opportunity. Maybe. And the you know the the nice part about him is that when you were looking at all the Buffalo call ups, Clement Horowitz, and obviously Babe Schneider, the problem with those guys was that none of them filled that role. Right. right. The idea of wheels off the bench. It is. You mentioned Dave Roberts. It's you know it's this happened a million times in the in the course of the game where you you get a guy on, you need to get him in a scoring position, and with the way this team hits, uh, a lot of times if you have a guy who can swipe a bag that's going to be as good a way to do it as any so i i think it's massive for the team oh, to well, have that I, I mean imagine the blue jays are in a in a tie game in the eighth inning alejandro kirk leads off the inning with a walk and you can throw a guy in there who's a real threat yes. to steal a base against a, any defender behind yeah. the plate it, yeah. it's a massive massive advantage hey uh did you know hockey season is upon us uh, I was aware. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs back, and we are giving you a shot to win a pair of tickets to the October 2nd preseason game against their arch rival Montreal Canadiens at 7 p.m. down at Scotiabank Arena. To enter for a chance to win these tickets, text today's code word MATTHEWS to 590-590. Again, today's code word is MATTHEWS. Text this into 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win tickets to the October 2nd game. If you don't win with us, you can secure your tickets to the game at Ticketmaster.ca. More details at Sportsnet.ca slash 590. Uh, we didn't get to talk to Kevin Barker about his Denver Broncos. He seemed ornery enough. Yeah, I, I figured that might have been pushing it. Uh, they lost by 50 points. We'll DM them on Instagram <laughs> about it. <laughs> we might get to that. We might get to Taylor Swift. Uh, there's lots more still to get to as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. I mean, boy, is this story going to get overdone. Taylor Swift in the private box. Hmm. Never knew. There you go. (laughs) Taylor Swift in the private box to watch friend Travis Kelsey. Just a couple of pals hanging out. Score a touchdown. Catch seven passes from Patrick Mahomes. Be down on the moribund Chicago Bears who are, oh boy. And like the the worst spot you can be in in all of pro sports where your hope is extinguished so, so Mm -hmm. quickly. And you understand that the rebuild that you thought you already underwent it's like rebuild number two. Like that's awful, awful, awful stuff. And that maybe they missed out on the franchise quarterback, CJ Shroud. We'll see. I'm a little less certain on that, but I would just also go just bad to wear blue and orange in the NFL. Mm. You're either the bears that get whooped Mm. by uh, Mr. Swift himself, Travis Kelsey, or you're the uh, Broncos getting whooped by the dolphins putting up 70 points. So just bad day to be blue and orange. That's a good point. 
I, I don't colors. know where to, st- to start. Both of those are the lead items in the NFL. And I, I think, you know, if you're actually talking about the product on the field, it's the team that scored 70 points and second most in mm-hmm. NFL history, you know, racked up the second most yardage in NFL history, had a chance to set the record for points scored. Cowards. But decided to take a knee instead of kicking. Cowards. Uh, the field goal. Uh, over a Broncos team that, like, say what you will about Nathaniel Hackett, and plenty have, including Sean Payton. I say. Uh, they were at least a top 10 defense last year as Ooh. far as yards allowed yeah, does, per does game. Does Russell Wilson play defense too? Dude, like, he was fine. And I, I guess when, when Sean Payton took over, he's like, there's one problem with this team. I'm going to focus explicitly on that side of the to ball. To the point where we won't even <laughs> practice defense. <gasps> Uh, embarrassing, obviously. Yeah, I'd say super, super embarrassing, and and clearly you have to view the Dolphins as one of the Super Bowl contenders sure. out of the AFC. They got the Bills next week too, by the way. Who have gotten right? The, the Bills have gotten right in a big way after Week One losing to that Jets team, which might you know that might be the only win the Jets have this season, it's especially totally if possible. Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback. God, there's for, so much to talk about from yesterday. All right, where do you want to start? Because I just t- touched on like four yeah. games there. Okay, quickly, because I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. Let's just quickly Jets, Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. All we ever hear, and you know, people say this in all sports and it's a lie, but in the NFL, it's true. You cannot ask players to tank. It is too violent, too yeah. physical, too dangerous a game. They are explicitly asking them to tank by not going out and getting a forget competent, forget mm. capable, just actually liked quarterback. They have been through this all year long. We heard all the stories coming out about the miscontent with the team and them not liking him. And the belief was that Rogers is going to take him under his wing, teach him how to be an adult. I don't know that that's the adult you want to model yourself after, but that's neither here nor there. He didn't have a chance to do it. And they are not saying they're going to move off it. That is malpractice. So we don't like, there's not much more to say than than that, but my God, if you were on, if you're a Jets fan or you're on that Jets team, you've got to be looking at your head coach every day going, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? Well, I understand the public comments, right? Because that's the only thing you can say, but behind the scenes, unless your decision-making is, hey, we're just going to punt on this season because Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and uh, all of our chips, all of our eggs are in the Aaron Rodgers basket either way. And, you know, I know there was this conversation about Aaron Rodgers maybe having the quickest recovery from an Achilles in history and him being back for the postseason. It's it's truly about 2024. But like Josh Dobbs was supposed to be playing on the world team in football a guy is a journeyman been yes. around the the block as a backup is like a hundred times more capable against a team that we thought had one of the best defenses in football still do yeah. and lost key piece going into that matchup in arizona but like imagine what josh dobbs looks like on that jets team you think there's more there's more weapons for him to at his disposal offensively on the jets than there are on the cardinals i people are going to roll their eyes when i say this but i honestly think honestly Go grab Nathan Rourke off the Jags yeah, practice squad. I, I tweeted no, about that too, and but, it, was a, it was a joke, but I, he can't do worse. Do you know what he will do? Yeah. He will walk in to that locker room and immediately have more respect than Zach Wilson could ever have, no matter what happens, even if he becomes the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. It is so much not about a better quarterback. I don't even think that matters. Just the stink that he has on him, the stink that he puts on that team, and what it looks like with him there. It is malpractice. And it, you know, people have talked about, oh, get Philip Rivers out of retirement, go tra- trade for Jacoby Brissett. It doesn't have to be that. It is literally. literally 
literally mm-hmm. get anyone else in there right now. I haven't no. looked at when their buy is. I don't know if that's what they're well, waiting for to try to install some guy. No. Maybe start now. Maybe start no, now. No, the Jets got super greedy because they thought they could have their cake and eat it too, where they can have Aaron Rodgers this season and he could mm-hmm. he could actually be, as you mentioned, the adult in the room or, or a, a, you know, Zach Wilson could play the role of Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre, right. even if it was not a direct learning, you know, he could just watch what a great quarterback Through does. Osmosis. And then, you know, in a couple of years, maybe, you know, not playing football, he can magically turn into a different human being when pretty clear. I know the sample wasn't long, no, it's but pretty clear when is sometimes, you know, it right. Yes. Here's what I'll say. Bryce Young stinks and he's never going to be good because he's, <laughs> 120 pounds, okay? Agreed. And he hasn't, he hasn't done anything. Agreed. Okay? Sometimes you just know it. The 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 idea that Aaron Rodgers was going to get injured for the rest of the season on the fourth play from scrimmage was probably not something that was forefront of mind, but the idea that he would miss some football games yes. at the age of 40 years old and that you would need the, a backup quarterback at some point in the season and that you could not afford to punt those games away in a very competitive AFC East, it was always obvious. Yes. I, and the idea that it was Zach Wilson sitting in in the, the chamber getting ready to be shot out of the cannon. Yeah, it's not great. Ridiculous, ridiculous. All right, can I pick next topic or do all you right. want to pick one? Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah. You want to do one of the things that I already talked about? Like, the, we do have to talk about 70 points. For okay, the Dolphins. Yeah, we'll do that now. Okay. Um, it was unbelievable. Uh, it was obviously embarrassing. Uh, it was... Who are we talking What's to? What's more about? embarrassing, the 70 points or them going, don't worry, we're not going to try to get the Yeah, record. honestly, that, that, that is more don't embarrassing. You're right. No, honestly, if you're Sean Payton, you're like, kick it. Kick doesn't it. matter. What's the difference? For us, 70, 73 doesn't matter. And it's, you know. I'm going to be angry and yell at a reporter afterwards regardless. No, who, we were talking to uh, Gord Stelic about candor when it came uh, to yes. S- Steven Stamkos. And I I didn't hate Sean Payton, you know, in his interview with the with USA Today about Nathaniel Hackett and talking about Loved the horrible it. coaching job. That was awesome. Yes. Do here's, more of that. Here's the downside of that, though. <laughs> this. And, and it, 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 I can, can I have two thoughts in my mind? Can I, en, can I enjoy? Them, how about give them both to me? Can I enjoy you putting yourself out there and wanting to see more of it? But mm-hmm. even when, when you do that and things go spectacularly wrong like they have yes. so far through three games for the Denver Broncos for me to point at you and laugh. Because that's <laughs> what I, I just, I can't help but do that because it's, Unfreaking believable that the biggest disappointment in the NFL is going to be even more disappointing this season after that disappointment of, yeah, never being in it despite all the, the massive trade for Russell Wilson. I also just can't, and I know, I know that Mike McDaniels is a football man's football man. Like he was a ball boy. I get it. But I also just think that if you just showed Sean Payton a photo lineup of all the guys that were going to hand him a record-setting defeat, that would be the last guy on his list. Saying this guy who, like, dances around and looks like he's perpetually lost his I want to see that. Bill Parcells can pound me 80 to nothing. 100 nothing. (laughs) That is A-OK. Belichick, have at it. That guy, please God, no. The only one worse would be the Cards head coach, and uh, he he got a win over a uh, a real team yesterday as well. Yeah, which was shocking. And, I, man, I... Okay, the, we're, the we're loss gonna, is shocking, but... We're going to look back at the end of the season and and look at some of these games as just games and, yep. and weirdness of a 17-game regular season. But sometimes when it reinforces your preconceived notions mm-hmm. about a guy who led the National yeah. Football League in interceptions like yeah. Dak Prescott, and he throws a big one in the end zone, yeah. 
It, it's more impactful than others. I think some people will look at that and say, oh, the line was so banged up. They're lost digs. You know what that does to you. And okay, I can hear some of that if the offense looked a little sputtery. You're missing three linemen. Okay, that's going to happen to even the best of, of teams. But that is always the problem with Dak Prescott is that he is talented enough that he will not act like a game manager, but forces it into spots exactly like that, that you wish he was almost a little worse so he would just play it a little bit safer. This has always been the knock on Dak is that when you need him to come up in the biggest spots, he comes up in the worst of ways. He has a propensity to give away the ball. That's exactly what he did. I don't know what he was looking at. I'm not going to sit here and be Mr. I broke down the film, but we all saw the screenshot of him staring at the cards defender and saying, hey, you just have this, throwing it at him. I don't know what he was doing and and that is the reason why no matter how good this cards or sorry this Cowboys team is and the rest of it is phenomenal I'm never going to be a believer I'm never going to be a buyer well I think as much as I can make uh, initial judgment calls on quarterback with very limited information I think with the li- limited information I have mm. I think I'm ready to say that the Rams and Cardinals are not going to be two of the worst teams in the NFL this season despite that being the first win of the season yep. for the Cardinals they've shown tons of fight I think you look at the Broncos and clearly the Bears. Like I, it's going to be neck and neck between those two teams to to end up with the the first overall selection, yes. Caleb Williams out of out of USC. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you want to do next? I mean, the the, the Vikings Chargers game is hilarious in that it was a couple of teams with pretty similar recent histories that came down to the wire and a couple of like, st- well. How did how did you feel about the Chargers trying to salt the game away in their own territory on a first, uh, fourth and and one, uh, up four points, end up not converting, and the Vikings getting the ball, but Kirk Cousins doing Kirk Cousins things, and you know, despite having a first down conversion with about thirty seconds left inside the ten, only able to get one playoff, and it ends up in as an interception in the end zone. So a couple things on that, the going for it on fourth and one uh, in your own territory. I don't have a problem with that. If that's who you are, if you are a massive believer in your team. And also, you know, if you're built more like the Eagles with kind of a power run game, we know Eckler's been banged up a lot for the chargers this year. The other part of it as well, though, is with the way Herbert can play. I don't ever get too, too mad about, about, you know, trying to let him win the game. Now, the problem with that is you also have to realize what's on the other side of things. And if you can just kind of punt it deeper and deeper into primetime and letting Kirk Cousins, as we get closer and closer to eight o'clock at night, <laughs> let him let him go make a play oh, to win the that. game, that's, that's the way you should go about it. So it ended up working out okay for them because Cousins got the ball back and he does Cousins-y things with it, especially late in game. But that is why, that, that's why I just look at both those teams and say you can never be certain about them. I mean, Herbert, you look at it, I mean, the drive he had to win them the game, 6-7, 83 yards with the touchdown pass. He goes 40 for 47 with 405 yards, like just a ridiculous performance from him. But... It's the Chargers, and I know they won the game, but it never feels like they go out and win it. It just feels like through circumstances unconnected to anything <laughs> they have done, they happen to win this one. Yeah, they happen to be playing the team that used all its um, emotional equity last season, <laughs> going eleven and zero in one score games. Insane. It's like just factually, the the twenty twenty two 
Minnesota Vikings have no connection to the 2023 Minnesota Vikings just because they went 11 and 0 in one score games. There is no math. It's not. It's not like a baseball player in one season. Yep. That eventually, like the Babip's going to normalize. Those are two separate, very events. different things. Different teams. You know, Mercury's now in retrograde. Like there's lots is different. Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> right, but it. We, you watch sports long enough, like mm-hmm. we have, yes. and this this is the way it this works. The way it goes, it, it just was. It was bound to happen that they would go zero and three in their first three one score games after going eleven and zero. All right, Taylor Swift. It's just hilarious. I it, the I was looking at uh, another website, not our own, wonderful sportsnet.ca, which you should check out all the time. And they had like kind of running tabs of things that were happening, trending, or whatever. And it's like. Uh, wild card race in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. NFL Sunday reactions, Taylor Swift at Chiefs Bears. The way this took over the world was insane. Uh, Travis Kelsey, now you you uh, were correct to remind me that she doesn't necessarily have a, a tendency of letting these things play out too long, but Travis yeah. Kelsey needs to secure the bag. If he could lock that down, he'd go by the Chiefs, forget about playing for them. So it's one hundred percent true. Yeah, that's what he that that's his focus in life right now is uh, is becoming Mister Swift. It has to be. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, is there something happening between the two? Like I think pretty clearly. Like yeah, she was with his mom. I I, I guess like yeah. They're, 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 I, oh, you're I, saying industry plant? Well, not industry plant, but obviously there is a calculated like showing you even think? if they're. It, well, but, <laughs> But I'm just trying to see the the end game for this. Like, who does this benefit? Does it benefit Taylor Swift? And if it does, does she need more public attention? Does she need more clicks? Does she need, you know, another fan base that 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 has to become Swifties? Like, does she need NFL fandom to to glom on to the? I don't think so. Billions of people who have I've bought into the cult of, I've heard of she's Taylor popular. Swift. I've heard. Well. I just don't understand it from her perspective. Even if they're dating, like that's if a couple of famous people, good-looking yep. people in the prime of their life yeah. want to get together, I get that entirely. I just and I understand that's why it from, we're together. And Wait, I, no, I, and I understand it from Travis Kelsey's perspective uh, because yeah. while he is one of the most famous football players uh, in the world, football is played in one country and not for the whole year. And yeah, and while we're very myopic when we think about North American pro sports in the grand scheme of world celebrity, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is not even on the map. Like he's nowhere to be seen. I would understand why he would want to boost his popularity, his global Q rating by being seen with Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I don't get it for her. I really don't. I don't understand it for her unless like she is truly just a, a big football fan. If that's if that's the case, I, I I didn't know about that, uh, or if it's totally innocent and and I'm just showing up at my boyfriend's football yeah, what game. If, what if he's just a big hunk? What if that's all there is to it? Travis Kelsey, good looking man, he mm. can dance. I don't know. I think that's probably uh, that's probably what the appeal is on on her end. I would think. I also, as talented as I think she is, and God, I I think she's super talented. There's a there's a bunch mm. of songs that I, I I very much Not enjoy, and you know what. I've seen the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix. Wow, I enjoyed it. She's super smart, super hardworking, writes her own songs. I don't understand why she's become the biggest sensation we've ever seen in entertainment. I do not understand how, you know, pretty good pop singer mm-hmm. with some pretty good pop songs yep. has become this. This thing is 
is beyond like this is Michael Jackson is prime wasn't yeah. this like what do you, what are we watching here with with her celebrity I mean a marketing masterclass by whoever it is pulling the strings I think quite honestly because uh, you know I've I've not even delved in that deep but yeah the appeal that she has is ridiculous like I I will not understand I remember when tickets went on sale in this building like mm-hmm. we didn't got them in the building but it was at the time and everything and it was just the fervor it's mm-hmm. it's like anything I've not seen something has happened also where it's like a point of pride if you are not somebody that you would think of as as in the, the oh, Taylor Swift demographic. Like, hey, look at me. Yeah, if you're like, hey, if, if you're um, a teenage girl, yeah. uh, obviously you're going to like Taylor Swift, uh, or it's more likely that you right. would like Taylor Swift. But if you're, you know, a middle-aged man like me, and you, you say really that you're a, Sifty, a Swifty, like you get like a, a, a gold star. You get to, you get to... Are you announcing something, Ben? <laughs> I told you, I like her. I think she's perfectly fine. You know who else I think is perfectly fine? Like a lot of other, a lot of other pop artists. stars. Like why is Olivia Rodrigo not like one one hundredth of the pop star that Taylor Swift is? Why is it, a, again, a point of pride? Mm-hmm. If you announce, hey, I love Taylor Swift. Hey, I spent $10,000 going to the Eras Tour. Why do you get to be in this upper echelon of society? Because she's become more than just an entertainer. I don't know. It is something. It's like an identity that you have if you are into Taylor Swift. Yeah. I, I, I can't say that I understand you, it. You might even say you're a Swifty, I guess. Is, uh, is what we landed on there. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's confusing. I don't know. And I'll be thrilled to watch two football games, which she will not be in attendance at tonight. <laughs> All right. Uh, She's yeah. really going to ruin my Monday night if she shows Buddy. up at where I've already forgotten who's playing tonight. If, but. You, if, you, if you don't think that she's being mentioned oh, in my God. the pregame show... And yeah, if this is the last we're hearing of her and NFL football together, you're wrong. All right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Fan Morning Show. Ben and Sprint Gunning. Sports at 590 The Fan. See ya.